Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 14 of the program. This is your host, Hopsy, and I am back again with another series of investigative journalistic takes that you're not going to find anywhere else, folks. So cram those things deep into your ear holes. Like, I want you to shove it right in there like a Q-tip that's gone too far and give it a little twist because if it falls out, I'm going to come there and I'm going to smack you right in the head. And I'm going to make sure that that doesn't happen again because I hold my listeners accountable. That's what I do. That's why I do this show. I love it. All right, folks, we got Corey Marks coming on today for a little bit of an interview. I just had just got off the phone with him. Uh, we had a little bit of audio trouble there a couple times. I think uh, on one of our ends, maybe the Wi-Fi wasn't great, either or. I was recording that on Zoom, not usually how I do that, but I kind of caught him on the go, so it kind of sounds a little hilarious in some parts, so I apologize for that. But again, I'm not a professional sound engineer. And I'm, I'm, I'm here I'm trying to just work on some storylines. You know, I'm just every day, I'm, I'm just doing so much research. If you think that there's not preparation that goes into the show, you're wrong. Um, a lot of burn the midnight oil most nights. A lot of research, a lot of a lot of graphs, a lot of analytics. A lot of people think that analytics are ruining things like sports and whatnot, but they're really helping my podcast. So, folks, thank you. It's episode 14. It's uh, the middle of October. I don't know if it's fall, if it's winter. It's it's a very odd time. I don't know what's going on at all. Uh, lots happening. They completely gassed, uh, basically, I think, university sports in general. So feel bad for a lot of the boys there. But, I mean, there's going to be a lot of people uh, making a weird transition. A lot of athletes not playing. Uh, a lot of weird shit going on. But I think the weirdest thing that's probably going on right now is uh, a lot of Zoom school. I don't know what the fuck's going on. I think a lot of kids in Ontario are doing their school um, virtually they're at home. Uh, but I believe in Alberta, a lot of people are, are buzzing it in their, they're in classes. So I don't know what's going on, but the, the zoom thing, I'd never really thought about this, but like I was having a conversation with, um, a girl I know, and she's a, she's a teacher, uh, while we were having a couple cocktails one night, one of my, one of my girlfriend's friends. And she was just t- telling me like how about big of an epidemic it is of, of parents, basically sitting in on the zoom calls that their teachers are having. So the teacher's trying to teach the class, but then you just got like, you know, the parents are now listening. They're listening in. Maybe they're, they're putting their hand up. They're asking a question. They're saying, sorry, Miss Richardson. No, you're fucking wrong. That's not how you do that. You're dumb. They're, they're questioning their teacher's authority. I mean, we probably got moms running around naked after the shower flying around in the background it's a tough it's a very odd thing something that none of us have ever thought about but i mean i always feel like i never ever questioned teachers ever when i was younger like they were just i think i respected them by no means was i a great child in some ways i got in trouble a lot but who didn't whatever i think i turned out okay but i respected my teachers and and i don't think that at any point uh I might not have agreed with everything they did, but what they were telling me, I listened to them, yada, yada, yada. But I think that if you got little Billy's father in the back of the Zoom screen talking back to Miss Richardson, I think there's a little bit of an issue with that. And apparently that's happening. And I've never even thought about this. What a fucking joke that must be. But imagine, imagine being a teacher, how awkward that is to begin with. You're trying to keep the attention of 30 kids as they're sitting there with their horns in their hands when they're supposed to be doing arithmetic. It's a very, very difficult scene to deal with here. And I mean, I don't like to give teachers breaks at all, ever. I respect them. I don't think, I think no one doesn't respect teachers. I think we all know their purpose is so, it's so important. They do so much. It's, it's a very, it's a very important profession that we need good people doing. Don't get me wrong. But is there a group of people that complain more about everything under the fucking sun? No, there isn't. 
there's not but we got to give them a little bit of flack here like the slack sorry this is a uh, could you imagine how awkward that is you got bill in the background i'd literally i wish i was a teacher right now to deal with this i'd be like bill then how about you log off and homeschool your son how about you do do your job as a father and maybe raise your son i'm so sick of looking at him i'm so sick of looking at you in the background with your shirt off it's an absolute joke I mean, I don't know. I've never, I can't believe that we're even having this conversation. Get the kids back in school and let them run around. It's like a daycare. And now we got parents watching Zoom calls, trying to do grade three math better than the teacher can. It's not a good look. And it's honestly, it's, it's scary and something's got to change. And I don't know when it's going to change, but I'm just going to keep pushing on here. We're going to push on for some normality. Uh, when's that going to happen? Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? We don't. Uh, no word on a lot of sports coming back. We just have football. But these guys can't stop sneezing on one another. I mean, it's an absolute joke what's happening. It seems like there's every every other day there's a game getting canceled. And it's an absolute, it's not good for fantasy football, folks. It's a tough year to be a fantasy football player. What do you do? There's a bye week every, all of a sudden you got you got four guys out of your lineup because half of them are on bye week because the, they all got the sniffles. They're sneezing on each other and they're holding each other's hands. It's tough. It's crazy. And um I think for a while that's gonna be the only sports we're gonna see. I mean, junior hockey and all that shit's firing back up, but it's it's. I'm skeptical to see the second wave is is coming. It's coming hard, and we just gotta accept it. In a lot of ways, it feels like the world's ending. Does it not? Is it ending? We don't know. But if it does end, hopefully you're doing it while you're listening to this show. That'd be the way I'd want to go out, right? So just keep listening to this show. It's gonna be out every week. Um, hopefully you get to play some hockey here at some point, and then I. I haven't really thought too far ahead of this because the show will definitely change. I mean, it's going to be a little bit more difficult to probably get shit out at that point, but I'm still going to figure it out. I'm going to make it happen. And this show is just going to, con- it's going to continue to diversify. It's going to continue to change and it's going to be great. Um, we are a couple weeks away from American election. I don't like to talk about because everyone's talking about, it. I can't wait for it to be over because then it's, it, it'll just be done. They can stop talking about it. I mean, um, my producer, uh, Matt Donnelly, God love him, he's going to help me uh, put together this uh, audio for this this interview. Uh, he had a hilarious tweet the other day, and I don't know why I'm bringing it up. It didn't go viral or anything, but have you ever noticed how much the CBC talks about American politics like during this? Like, I understand it's world news, but for some reason, it's all we can talk about. And they're so, they're, I don't know, like, are they selling out for clicks? Like, why is the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation continually talking about nothing but you it's if you i'm sure if you did a search like a filter and you typed in there'd be way more news about american politics coming out of cbc's content than fucking even close to amount of canadian content but i mean they get a billion dollars given to them every year to talk about shit going on in a different country and basically i don't know put their own grain of thought with these writers who are deemed to be so brilliant i believe like what a tough time it is to be a writer like i don't i don't know i don't know or anything like that like I really at one point wanted to become a broadcaster and go on a radio station, but I, I, I don't think I could, man. I listen to all these people that are, a lot of the VJs, or what they call DJs now, the hosts of these radio shows, I don't find them very interesting. I've gotten so into deep, like these podcasts that people are saying hilarious shit, they're saying whatever they want. Um, they're going off on hilarious rants about topics that, you know, people don't usually touch or whatever, and, you know, you don't get that on uh, on the radio. So it's just it's just odd, I mean... CBC is just like whatever it's there because we have to listen to it and that's just the way it is and um yeah so whatever enough about that shit enough about it um Corey Corey Marks we're gonna have him on um uh just there's he's 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 actually doing really well this guy um 
his, his second album just came out. Uh, I don't want to touch too much on it because, you know, the interview just came out. But he's a fella that I kind of got to know through living in North Bay, seeing him at bars and whatever. And he actually, uh, him and his brother had a house there in town. I believe it's his brother's home, Matt Marquardt. But they used to actually house a couple kids. I think they still do. A couple like Guys that played for the Nipsing Lakers hockey team would always rent their house out because, you know, Corey would be gone doing his music thing. Matt would be gone. uh playing hockey in the winter so that's what they do with their house Uh, a lot of guys go and live there so I mean that was kind of I guess how I got more connected to them too but skate with a brother a bit in the summer skated with Corey but he he agreed to come on we had a good little chat Um, he's doing cool shit man he's he's getting involved with some cool people so that was that was great Uh, one question I wish I got to ask him is like he he does have a pretty big following online but he does all these lives like i mean everyone is doing right now because of covid you know you're not playing shows or putting out all these lives weekly and whatever but he has like a hilarious amount of like like when i say international following i mean like it seems like brazil might be like the number one people that love cory marks music if you see a live feed from cory marks it's just all these people throwing brazil flags being like love you from brazil like i, I don't know how that like the music work music industry is so odd, especially now like with um all the streaming services and shit like realistically it's never been easier to listen to music from random places but like it seems to me he's blown up a little bit in south america and he's done pretty well up here in canada too so i mean apart from that i'm just gonna throw it forward to the kid let's listen to him um we had a good chat um and maybe we'll have him back on one day maybe we'll, we'll link up and get his brother on too uh, that'd be sweet so i hope you enjoy this and um we're just gonna keep mixing up had a politician last week had a cool conversation there did I agree with everything he said? Not a fucking chance. But, I mean, it was really cool to hear a smart, articulate young man give me his his thoughts on, on, on the way he looks at the world, and I enjoyed that. And now we're going to just start talking to a musician about his journey, and a, a Canadian one young at that, and one that's really probably just getting started. So let's sort over an interview here. Corey Marks. It's time, baby. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 14's interview segment. This is The Project. This is your host, Hopsy. And I have with us today, musician Corey Marks, North Bay, Ontario native. Corey, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for doing this. Hey, thanks for having me, brother. Good to, awesome. good to so, talk to you again. Seriously, man. I mean, I, I miss you. I feel like uh, last summer we were playing a little bit of hockey in the summers and stuff like that. We were running into each other. Um, <laughs> You are from North Bay, like I mentioned. I went to university up there, kind of ended up crossing paths with you through some beer league, but you've kind of <laughs> got into the music thing. You just released an album in August, Who I Am. It's kind of blown up, man. You're doing pretty well. I don't think there's anyone really in the Canadian, we'll call it raw country, in the music scene in general that's doing what you're doing. You're featuring a lot of cool people on your new album. Just tell us a little bit about, I guess, essentially, I just want to dial it right back and have a kind of a random conversation about how you got into it, your path, where you're hoping yeah, of to course. kind of thing. Cause you're only 31, man. Like you're pretty young and you've it's already turned, got man. Albums out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, this is a, this is a project that uh, has been in the works for a while. And, and uh, I think not only in, in Canadian country, but um, you know, globally, uh, there's no other sound like it, both in rock and country. And that's something I'm really proud of. And um, you know, I think country music is definitely steered, uh, you know, more towards the pop side. And I feel country music needs to change. And I don't want to just, you know, be part of a change. I want to be that change. So that's what I expect to do with this record. And record number two is already in the works. And, uh, you know, I think it's going to be even better and push the boundaries a little more. And uh, this record has been pretty exceptional, you know, worldwide. So I'm really thankful for that. And, you know, the, the country fans, the rock fans, and even the metal fans that have, uh, 
you know, I've been loving this record. It's just been, just been truly amazing. And I'm thankful for every one of them. So it's, uh, it's, it's exciting, man. You know, it's a whole new, I hope, I hope to, you know, create a, pave a whole new lane for country music. And I think uh, we're off to a good start right now. No, I definitely say you're, you're onto something for sure. I mean, I don't remember other than like, I can't even think of a name like you right now that's come through, uh, you know, Canadian, like the Canadian music scene for sure. Like, you know, I think, I think of names like Brett Kissel and Dean Brody and all these guys, but you know, they're not really doing what you're doing. And I actually like what you kind of hit the nail on the head of like, like country right now is going way too pop and in my opinion like it's turned it's not even like good pop it's like shitty pop <laughs> so it's, it's just nice to hear like a refreshing sound and i mean I, it's you nice were, to hear somebody be completely honest about it too because well it's I a fucking, the same I, way I mean, it's it's nice because i'm sure like a lot of people you talk to on radio stations whatnot they can't come out and straight up say that because that's what they have to well, play but that's the funny thing i don't get too many talks on the canadian country radio because uh they they uh they tend to black sheep me so i'm just that lion among sheep if you will <laughs> so i i kind of seem to get blacklisted um i'm not pop enough for country and i'm too country for country if that makes sense so that's kind of the what i've been struggling with the last five six years and even now having a country music icon like travis trip on my debut single um you know, streaming, you know, getting over 100, 150 streams, uh, 150,000 streams a week. I mean, now we're pushing, you know, 30 million globally and it still wasn't enough for Canadian country radio. And, you know, then we released something um, like Drive, which is, you know, it, in my opinion, I think it's it's pushing the boundaries, but it's, it's, still, it's still radio. It's got radio written all over it. So it's something that I thought they would have been into, but I think it's because I had Corey Mark's name on it. They just said... Uh, they're, they they pass and better luck on the next one. So, so do you think you're having trouble getting airtime on Canadian radio right now? Uh, well, Canadian country radio, you know, um, the thing is I've been part of the, the Canadian country music association for six years now. And, mm. uh, and that's exactly where outlaws and outsiders came from is um, I wrote that song based on how Canadian country radio made me feel and how I felt in that CCMA family. Um, no matter what I did uh, kind of just didn't seem to fit in. And I, I know I'm, mixing rock and country and doing something different but i think if it's something good something great even um you know it should be accepted i think they should be really proud of that as as we are but uh you know i i, I still struggle to figure that one out but uh you know i gave him something like like drive and and even that wasn't uh you know didn't seem to i don't know what the reason was some said there was too much rock production in it um it wasn't poppy enough some even said it wasn't strong enough the uh the production wasn't strong enough and I have arguably the biggest rock producer in the world working on my record and still wasn't enough for Canadian country. So you've got to figure that out, but you know, Outlaws and Outsiders for a Canadian country artist to crack top 10 at us rock radio for the first time ever. I thought that would be something uh, kind of flawed about for, for them. And uh, it was almost, uh, you know, swept under the rug, I feel, and still no credit for it. Um, you know, so it's, it's a bit of a, it's a bit of a weird thing, man. And, uh, you know, and then, and then, you know, as a first timer to, to rock, I mean, uh, they gave me the chance, you know, I got a top 10 in us at us rock radio. Again, first time ever a Canadian country artist has done that. Um, That's cool, I got num number three in Germany and, uh, Canadian rock radio gave me a, gave me a good sniff too. And, and placed me at top 12, you know, or number 12 at in top 15. So you know, so, so Canada's been good on the rock side so far. And I mean, I think it was more of a step up for them and a chance for them 
uh, to give a, a Canadian country artist an opportunity to crack that lineup with all these incredible, you know, rock rock bands. And this so the rock, be my, the rock stations were giving you some play though with this new album. Oh yeah, yeah, man. Like like I said, I got I got uh, you know it's top ten U.S. rock track, yeah. which is which is massive, number three in Germany and and but uh, like the Canadian side of it, they were being a little more supportive. Do you think like? Oh yeah, hundred percent. Is there more rock stations in country? Like, is is rock radio more popular in Canada? Do you think than country music right now, or that I don't know. I'm I'm not really sure, man. Um, I'm not really like. Honestly, for an artist, I'm not really like in the, you know, I don't really like do, do my research in, yeah. in that sense. I just, you know, just kind of, my job is to write and, and, and record great music in my opinion. And, and then just hope the fucking people love it and, and radio loves it. And, you know, the masses love it. That's, that's my job, you know, I think. Um, and I mean, it's tough. I mean, I know Canadian country is definitely a, it's a, it's a huge market and uh, it's, it's great, but it's also a strange market. And I think, you know, it's, I won't say too much, but I'm, I have yet to figure it out. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I just think like, at least, you know, you, you kind of made a big splash here. I mean, you keep putting out shit. They're not going to be able to ignore you, but how did you really like, so you're only 31, like I touched on at the beginning. I've, I've read a little bit about your bio on your website, and whatnot. It said you got into drums around 10, 11 years old. Like when yeah. did really music take off for you? Like, and did you ever think that like you were going to actually be pumping out albums like you are like mashing up with Travis Tritt and like Mick Mars and shit. Like it's pretty cool what you've already done. So I hope you are in a way grateful for where you're Thanks, at right man. now. Cause it, it's actually fucking pretty sweet dude. But oh. tell us about the dive into music. Yeah. Thanks. I know where you, how you got started in this in North Bay. Yeah. Well, like first off, yeah, I'm, I'm extremely thankful for where I am and, and uh, almost glad to think things are playing out the way it's supposed to be. I, I believe, you know, like, you know, like hockey players too right you have you have you have good days you have bad days you know you have bad games and then mm -hmm. you go uh, light it up for for a few and feel a lot better and get the confidence back up so it's like it's kind of the same thing yeah you have those days where and like in every everyday life you're kind of like you know why have it you figure you work hard enough but it's like you know it's just it'll get there if you keep working you know and be persistent um so yeah, I am grateful for for where I am, and there's there's a lot of great things that have, that have happening that have happened and are still happening. Um, but yeah, growing up in North Bay, um, you know, I was. By the way, if uh, for for your listeners, I'm I'm on a bike at a gym right now. If it sounds like uh, <laughs> I, I'm gasping, I'm uh, gasping for air. I'm not I'm not doing anything uh, too rock star over here. I'm just literally riding a bike. <laughs> uh, I love it. <laughs> But uh, yeah, no, and started off in North Bay, um, you know, obviously being from Canada, um, you know, Rush, Rush being a huge influence for me. I grew up listening to, to Rush, Neil Peart, of course, God bless him. Yeah. As my, my favorite, he was my first real musical hero. I mean, my dad's seen him like 30 times. They played his high school dance and he's from Toronto. Yeah. So that's kind of, that's kind of where, where that all blended in. And from like about 10s when I got my first drum kit and I always thought like I was going to be like, you know, the next Tommy Lee, you know, this, this yeah. party, have a good time, play drums and kick ass. You know, that's, that's what I thought I was going to do. I didn't really start song, but like, so from, from 10 to about 13 years old, I started forming like little bands and jamming with a good friend of mine here in town, Liam Sangster. And we jammed up, man, when people are going to parties or going to high school dances and, you know, that's when you kind of start drinking and stuff. Yeah. We would, I would get dropped off or mom or dad would pick me up from school and we would like literally jam for five six hours like from you know 
seven at night after dinner till like two, three in the morning. That's, that's just what we did. We were like, we wanted to be rock stars, like, <laughs> you know, and it was just a dream. We were kids, man, you know, and, and he was such a great guitar player for his age too. And, you know, I, I progressed, you know, not, not to pump my own tires, but fuck, I, I, I was, I was killer behind that kit, you know, yeah. uh, for, for, for my age. And, uh, you know, that progressed and I got into metal, you know, I was listening to Rush Deep Purple, Grand Funk, and then got into like, progressive stuff like dream theater and then like lamb of god and you know some heavier stuff like metallica pantera that kind of stuff yeah for yeah sure. yeah so now i joined a, a local band in north bay called called inflict and it was like a heavy metal band blast beats all that shit and that's kind of where i was like man this is fun right this is fucking awesome um and then i took uh you know i kind of took a shine to hockey again mm-hmm. uh, when i realized you know my brother in an nhl draft pick and playing junior i was like shit man uh you know it looks kind of fun so i spent my rookie year at 18 in tamiskaming and that's i kind of took a tour towards hockey for for a few years and had some really good opportunities but that's really where i kind of started singing and playing guitar um you know just at home throwing shit up on like youtube and, and facebook and stuff just to see what you know what people thought right they might be like man this guy's bush or you know she, oh so you <laughs> so mean putting up your own I'm, shit I'm taking that lane you mean putting on your own shit? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, like just, just, yeah, like just playing guitar, like a, you know, like throw up a Facebook video or something yeah, like that and see what sure. people have to say. You know, they what might age say did like, you start you know, doing that stuff? Stick the drums. <laughs> <laughs> I was about, uh, I guess I was about eighteen. Okay, I was about eighteen years old, and and then uh, you know, just kind of, just kind of dicked around at home. I was always way too shy to sing around people, man. Like I, I, I couldn't even fathom, uh, you know, the thought of of singing in front of a crowd of fucking 10 people let alone 5,000 like I've been doing <laughs> so it's yeah, kind of seriously. it's kind of crazy you know I, I I had no problem being behind a kit but like you know I never really I was nervous as all hell man when I really when I first started you know and mm-hmm. and then it wasn't until I went to RMC so we would have played you guys the Lakers yeah um you know that's that's where that's where it all started for me man the boys we go to the brass and on a Wednesday or whatever, midweek, and I guess they saw some of my YouTube videos or whatever, and we're out having, you know, you know how it goes, Harry. Yeah. It's not a not a couple pints, you know. It's like we're wasn't half in the bag. I was full in the bag and uh, full on in that bag, and uh, they got me up on stage. They knew the guy, uh, Smitty. They're like, "You take your break, man." And she got her buddy Corey up or Sunshine. They call me Sunshine. That was like my call sign or nickname because yeah. i was the only guy to military school with fucking long hair <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so i ended up getting on stage and singing a few songs and people you know they loved it they asked like if, I, <laughs> if they had if i had like a record or like where else can they get my music or play and i'm like fuck this is my first time and i you know i i don't know and things didn't pan out long story short uh i just started playing local bars here in north bay you know, I started at, uh, I believe it was uh, Chimboli's, like on top of Churchill's. And then this old bar that's no longer there, it's the station now. It used to be called Bowling and Quench. And then I moved to the Fox. And then next thing you know, I was playing like every bar in town at least once a month. And it just expanded and kind of blew up from there, man. That's unreal. So I actually remember. And now, and now here I am. What? 10. Remember with Toby Keith and Bradley Gilbert. Yeah. So tell us a bit yeah. about that. Like. What what age did you start um, like having a band of your own that was getting gearing up to like start touring and like tell us a little bit about that transition from just like 
I kind of having a big night in, in uh, Kingston, finding a bit of a groove there on stage. Like what, at what time did you kind of think this is time to start taking it a little serious? Um, I think it was when I started playing, you know, like I was doing back-to-back nights at the Fox, Fox and Fiddle in North Bay. And Great like, bar, by the way. Fucking love it. It was wall-to-wall, man. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good old watering hole, man. Yeah. Uh, no, this, like, every time I play, man, it was fucking wall-to-wall, like a riot from 10 p.m. till fuck, we'd play till 2.30. Sometimes we push 3 o'clock, you know, and, and uh, break the rules, I guess, like outlaws do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, uh yeah no man it was i guess that's kind of where it started and then i started playing like smaller festivals took that band local band with me and started playing local local festivals and stuff and uh when smartphone then then you know when i i, I signed with um on ramp records and o'reilly international my my management team and still to this day um louis o'reilly um that's kind of where i took a shine because i looked at his uh his background and the artists he managed and the careers they had in Canada, um, you know, and he always thought he's like, you know, he, you know, I've had a lot of great talent, but I think you're going to be my, my international star, you know, and that's kind of where it's like, you know, a guy like that tells you those things, you know, you always take it with a grain of salt, you know, cause it, it could be fucking greasy, you know, how it goes. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think that's kind of where it's, uh, where kind of, hit me where okay well, we're in Canada and I started releasing songs and I wasn't getting traction on country radio but you know the views the YouTube views and everything else were kind of coming in and people were loving it so that's kind of where I was like all right let's let's see how far we can take it that's wicked so you said too like you had your own local band you started touring with them but when you've been doing these tours like you were on one when this COVID hit and kind of canceled it like have you been yeah. just like are you t- finding people is it the same group of guys you've always been playing with or is it <laughs> you kind of have to like pick and choose musicians that you've met along the way to form bands and you're doing these tours. Like, how does that work? Well, like, see, so when I was out with when, you know, when COVID hit, I was out with Gord Bamford on the hashtag redneck tour and we were crossing Canada. And so what was happening is I was a special guest on there. So I came out for, you know, pumped out like three songs or whatever, but I would use his band. So it was okay. really easy peasy. The class, class act, great A band. And so was Gord Bamford. And um, so it was, it was really easy. It was a great show. So, but then after that tour, um, I was going across the United States opening for Alice Cooper and Breaking Benjamin and a bunch of other crazy rock acts. Uh, but that I would have brought my band and my band's changed a little bit since the start. Um, you know, some of the, some of the musicians went on to other artists or, you know, into more of production and recording. Um, but this tour would, would have been of, with, you know, pretty much the guys that I've been with the last two, three years. Absolutely. Now, when you're working with bands and whatnot, and you're getting ready to record, like, how does that work? Like, I'm like, I'm assuming you're not doing a lot of this stuff in North Bay. Like, do you have to travel a lot to work on your music? Or is this kind of something that you're working on every day, even if you're in North Bay? Like, what, like what's yeah, well, a day to day look like? Like, I, I try to write every day, man. Um, you know, as a songwriter, that's one thing you gotta, you know, it's, it's like anything if you, you Kind of you don't if you don't use it you lose it um, so you got to kind of stay sharp and try to write as much as you can when you can some days are a lot harder than you know than, than others like you know you don't want to practice every fucking day but you got to right if you're mm-hmm. if you're part of a team so um, no but the, the first record um, this man was recorded out of Nashville at County Q Studios and uh, produced by good friends of mine Rob Crosby and Denick Dupel uh, Denick Dupel is actually the guitar player uh, for a band called Emerson Drive. Oh, yeah. 
so he's he's a really really great guy and, and a hell of a guitar player and producer um so he produces guys like jason blaine and tebe now and a lot of other really great canadian country acts but this last record and uh the records moving forward um that was that was done in las vegas so i'm oh recording yes. with, yeah so i'm recording with kevin Churko. Uh, that's my producer um and uh, so we work out of Las Vegas, his studio, The Hideout. And now he, he produces guys like Ozzy Osbourne, Five Finger Death Punch, Shania Twain, uh, Disturbed. So he's uh, arguably the biggest rock producer in the world right now. So, and uh, that's who's, who's done the last record, Who I Am, that's out now. And uh, we'll be on many to come. That's unreal. So I just like, how did that, uh, is that kind of how you got that relationship or like the connection to get, uh, like, so you got Travis Tritt, Ivan Moody, who's got such a sick voice. He's in Five Finger Death Punch, <laughs> the lead singer. Yeah. And Mick Mars. Like, how did you, like, how did that happen? And when you record that song, you're obviously with those guys, right? When you did it. Yeah. Like, so, well, that song was actually written. I wrote that in 2015 um, on the Outlaws and Outsiders tour with uh, Aaron Pritchett. And uh, so I, that's kind of how I got that idea. And uh, from, from that tour, um, again, based on the way I felt with the way I, I felt I stood in the Canadian country uh, scene. And so once I got that idea rolling and um, head down to, to Las Vegas to, to work with Kevin on the, on the record, uh, him and his son, Kane Churko, who also uh, produces bands like Pop the Roach and, and a few other big acts. Um, nice. those, those are the co-writers on the record. And uh, so we wrote that song. And uh, shit, now I kind of lost my train of thought because I'm focusing on my breathing. <laughs> <laughs> no, no um, you were talking no, about so, yeah. yeah, yeah. So now how we got these guys? So once I signed with Kevin, uh, you know, I signed with uh, well, there was first uh, Eleven Seven, and now now they're Better Noise Music. But I'm the first and only country act on on the roster. But so my label mates are actually Motley Crue, Five Finger Death Punch, Six A.M. Um, who else? Uh, Bad Wolves. Um, a bunch of other hell yeah you know so some heavier sound there yeah exactly. let's go i think i'm hello and so what happened was once we decided outlaw was going to be the debut features on it hey you still there right, yeah yeah we sorry i thought we had a, we, i think we had a okay. little speed bump there it's all good I think you're probably crushing cold can there for a second. Lost, yeah, lost no, <laughs> not today. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no. So what happened was uh, my manager knew Travis Tritt's manager and, and uh, we sent the song to him and he just fucking loved it and wanted to be part of it. And so that was awesome. Found finding out he was going to be on, on a track and now five finger and Motley Crue being uh, label mates. We, we want, we didn't want to just have like anybody uh, on the song. We wanted to have, you know, artists that, that can relate and also love the song. And that's how we got Ivan Moody and, and Nick Mars. And so my label sent it to them. It was the same story that they, they love the song and want to be part of it. So it kind of just all worked out really. That's unreal. So are these guys like these guys beauties or how is it like hanging out with them and working with them? Well, so I never got to meet Nick Mars yet. He's a pretty quiet guy and we actually had to find him. Uh, he's probably somewhere in a studio, I think it is Nashville studio. So, um, we, we kind of, yeah, he just kind of, he's, he's pretty low key. I'm not sure if you saw the movie, uh, uh, the dirt. Yeah. Uh, Motley Crue movie. Like it's, it's sick, but, 
uh, yeah, he's he's kind of like low key guy, but I got to work with Travis, and uh, you know we recorded at Blackbird Studio in Nashville, and then he brought me to the Grand Ole Opry the next night, and backstage with you know with uh, who was it? Well, um, Darius Rucker, Carrie Underwood, and and uh, Chris Jansen, and it was like it was pretty surreal to be, you know, watching these guys at Travis Trip Jam backstage and Chris Chris Lane and people just coming in to, to hang out it was it was a cool moment uh Travis was really cool and then in Las Vegas I got to meet uh Ivan Moody and yeah he's just a he's just a badass dude man he's kind of like what you see is what you get and uh you know he's he's been really cool you know he'll text me every now and then just to check in see what I'm doing especially with COVID and everything and um yeah they're just they're all just great great dudes and, and great at what they do yeah that's actually really cool and I mean that was the first single, like you said, that got released. And I mean, I, I think I knew this album was coming out and I was looking forward to it coming out. But I mean, when you put that one out, I think that, that one like really opened the door for it. I think that one definitely got your name out there. I mean, I think yeah. the first time I actually heard about you before I'd even come to North Bay because you were like, you had like a little partnership with Gong Show at one time, didn't you? Yeah, right? that's right. Yeah, Gong Show. So I yeah. remember hearing about Corey Mark because at the time you were going by Corey Marquardt. Yeah. And I remember that. I remember you had like, yeah, you were, I don't know if you were like in an ad for them or you were in some of their promotions. So that's how I first caught wind of you. But I mean, you said this is your second album, man. I mean, this one's pretty sweet. Like you, said <laughs> you don't plan on stopping. Like, how does this work now? Like what's the time frame before you're looking to put out some, another, I don't know if it's new singles or a new album. Like how, how quick are you looking to get back at it? Well, I, I can't stop now. So, you yeah. Know, so yeah, I've been I've been doing lots of writing, and uh, you know, me and Gord have been have been writing together, just like Skype sessions because of COVID. So, Bamford will give me a call, and we'll we'll get a ride in with some of his buddies, like Buddy Owens out of Nashville, and um, you know, a good buddy of mine, Craig Brooks too. And and I do a lot of writing on my own, but uh, you know, Kevin actually sent me uh, my producer uh, Churko. He sent me uh, a really cool cover. We're thinking of doing. I won't spill the beans, but it sounds pretty badass. I might, I might end up doing that one. Um, so we're always like, we're always working and I'm in the midst of uh, finishing my pilot's license right now. So I want to finish that first before I head over to the States, because if I do that, I got to come back and quarantine for two weeks. So I kind of want to stay away from that. But in the meantime, my producer and I were, we're still keeping in touch with song ideas and, and, and all that kind of stuff. So um, I'm hoping to have new music out by like, my, my hope is like by March, maybe oh, April. Yeah. Well, that's pretty quick then at, at least a new single yeah and uh start getting well actually i have a uh, a christmas song coming out uh next friday october 23rd so oh, I, I actually saw that what's <laughs> it gonna be called jingle my balls or something that's unreal jingle, jingle my bells jingle my bells sorry for, uh, yeah no it's okay I, I, a lot of people read it wrong the first time and uh, that's probably how it comes out that's all it's all good it's basically i think that's what they're stating but in a political way i guess Oh, that's that's, <laughs> that's hilarious. Um, so when you say back to your songwriting, what you said, because this like really intrigues me. I mean, I I play the guitar a bit. I'm I'm in by no means a musician. But that's a big I mean, word, Harpsy. <laughs> it really it does. It, it it's just like I find it so fascinating. So when you say you're writing every day, like, are you trying yeah. to create a whole song, or are you just trying to create something, or are you just kind of get the wheels turned? Like, how, what do when you say yeah. you're writing every day? What does that mean? Well, like sometimes it could just be like the melodies, you know, um, some days it could be just be like a, a title. It just pops up and you get like a, a song idea and try to 
put into a good title or a good hook and you just kind of hum it in your phone and either tackle it later on or right away or bring it up in, a, in another write sometime down the road. And some days, you know, I could just sit down and write. Um, you just kind of focus on that. You know, you could sit down and write a song and sometimes it takes 30 minutes. Sometimes it might take me two hours. But um, if you get a good song out of it, you know, you're lucky. Um, and then sometimes, like I said, yeah, just you'll – we'll schedule a write like you know hey what are you doing next wednesday let's write skype at 11 a.m kind of like this right you just organize mm -hmm. a see what day works for you and then we get together and write a song so it's kind of it's kind of a little bit everywhere really um like like i said one day you could just come up with an idea one day you might just come up with a course um you might get like half a song um and then some days just full full-on writes just you know sh share ideas what kind of song you want to write today and and then try to bang one out so that's actually like, this is really cool. I like this. And I feel like I don't know what I'm talking about. So I don't know if I'm going to ask this correctly. It's okay. When neither you, do I. <laughs> yeah, when you make, <laughs> when you're making a song, like, do you think of the words first or you, how do you, like, do you come up with the melody? Do you lay down chords and then you try to make lyrics over top of it? Or is it kind of whatever comes first each way? It's, it's kind of whatever comes first. I mean, it's a little bit of both really. Right. Like you might come up with like a cool like lick right but then it's like all right well what's the what's the verse gonna sound like you know what key is it in you know and you kind of figure that out it kind of i think it goes hand in hand really i mean you can always come up with lyrics to nothing and then it could switch with the melody and how you sing it and stuff like that so it just kind of i guess it kind of depends but i think they go hand in hand it just kind of honestly just kind of happens no, how how important is like how, how well like, do you know music like did you like, are you like Actually, you know. funny, funny story. Uh, the only thing I ever failed was was grade ten music. So, uh, that's, <laughs> like that, theory that's and stuff. Like, do you have to like yeah, absolutely no? Sh I don't know shit about it. I can't read music. I can't write it. Really? Eh? So that, that's so, what, yeah. I guess. So it's just kind of it's one of those things that that that's not necessary, like a requirement. No, not at all. No, not at all. I mean, it helps. And then once you get to Nashville, there's like, um, like the chart, uh, the number system. So instead of like you know a b c a minor whatever your your keys you just you find out what key it's in and then it's just numbers from there right because there's only i might even get this wrong there's only six major notes right so mm -hmm. you know it's like you know one four five or whatever it depends how whatever key you're in um it's it, it and some people make their own charts on how to how to memorize a song or whatever but yeah it's you don't you don't have to be schooled by any means or or necessarily understand it i think if you just do it you, you just do it right it's like there's not really uh it's just practice in a sense make, like, make things that sound good just simplify it really yeah yeah yeah, yeah i mean you know like it's like uh, like for example like yourself like if you're a hockey player it's like the more the higher caliber you play and the better players you play with and right you don't need to like in a sense get a degree or anything a hockey degree right it's just like mm -hmm. you kind of you know, in a sense, it comes naturally, I guess, but like you, you still got to work it. for it. You still got to go to practice on time and, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. So it just kind of, I think it's a, it's a work thing and being consistent, just like everything else. That's awesome. Now, how, so you can play drums, you can obviously play guitar and sing. Do you play any other instruments as well? I mean, I'll slap a little bass, you know. Uh, <laughs> I wish, I wish I knew how to play piano better. Um, but uh, I try to like, I try to play a little bit of everything. Um, not that I'm, I'm great at, at any of them. I think my best, my best is, is definitely drums. I'm more of a guitar strummer, not like a, you know, I don't solo or, or shred or anything like that. I just kind of strum and that's, that's kind of, that's kind of my part there. Um, 
but I dab, I try to dabble in a little bit of everything, but drumming is definitely my main instrument. That's unreal. So Dick, when you, if you're doing down your own music, like do you do, lay, do you lay the drums and stuff when you're recording it yourself? Yeah. Like, like on this last record, uh, yeah, I laid, I laid, well, Kevin's a drummer too. So he, he laid some drums down. I laid some drums down. I did some acoustic guitars, but I did all the, uh, I did all the vocals on the track. Like, so like the main vocals, the harmonies and stuff like that. Um, and then we had some great session players come in and, and shred, you know, do their thing. So it's, it's really a fucking awesome team of just a bunch of people coming together and just playing some kick-ass music. That's sick, man. I mean, I, I find that very fascinating. I guess that was always something I thought of as, you know, I've tried to get better at guitar and stuff. I'm like, well, maybe it's because I don't understand music well enough or this or that. But I mean, at the end of the day, yeah. you just got to put in the time, man. And I guess like, it's just interesting hearing, you know, you being a musician, like what the, what the day-to-day looks like and what, what do you think is going to yeah. happen here with COVID? Like, what have you been doing? Have you just been in North Bay this whole time? Yeah, well, actually, uh, I live in Sturgeon now, actually. Uh, it's oh, been okay. a year in July. Yeah, so my girlfriend and I got a house last year. and You know, she's a teacher, so, uh, you know, it's my sugar mama right now. <laughs> I just <laughs> Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I know. I just, yeah, just been writing and kind of, you know, once the tour ended in, what was it, March or April, um, you know, just kind of came home and just like everybody else is kind of like you come home it's like what the fuck is what the fuck's going on no one really knows and then as it progresses it's like okay well we're probably gonna be out for a while so just kind of start like i said started writing um kind of just the little things like spending time with family and and doing what i can you know doing my lives like every wednesday on instagram and every friday on facebook and and doing things like this podcast and and writers rounds and um you know things like that um get your name out there yeah, basically, and just kind of keep the fans, uh, you know, happy and give them something, you know, as, as best I can. It's, you know, it's kind of, I do a lot of this for them too. And of course, I'm in playing, but like I said, also, it's given me opportunity to get back to things I haven't finished, like my pilot license. So I, uh, I plan on being licensed before Christmas. Yeah, that's unreal, man. Congrats so, on that. That's actually really sweet. Um, <laughs> Thanks, I, man. That, that'll keep me, that'll keep me really busy. Oh, I think I lost you there again. I don't know. Just, there we I go. Think, We're back. <laughs> I think there's really audio engineers here on the project. But um, <laughs> what was I going to say? I had a, a good question for you about, um, I mean, well, I guess you're, just to touch on your brother too quick. Your brother's been playing pro for like 14 years, has he not? Yeah. Yeah, I think this is, yeah, this would be, I think this would be his 14th season or maybe 13th. That's crazy. So, yeah, he's um, – last four years he's been overseas in germany uh england and uh scotland and this year i was actually really excited because he actually signed with norfolk in the echl so it's a lot closer for us to go see him and actually um i forget what that what their arena's called it's 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 a fucking wicked arena in norfolk virginia and that was actually one of my stops on the break and benjamin tour and my brother had played there before yeah so i thought like man that'd be really cool because they could all came down and and you know it's it's really not that far i think it's probably 12 or 13 hours from north bay and you know it's just a lot closer for us to go see him as opposed to getting on a fucking eight hour 10 hour flight to scotland or something like that that right so that's you know what's actually hilarious i do want to go there but you should you know it's hilarious i actually signed a pto there so i'm trying out for norfolk this year so no way yeah so i mean tell your brother to put in a good (laughs) word so hopefully we're teammates because that would be fucking hilarious that, yeah. that would be hilarious. Maybe I should get a fucking tryout too. If I'm there, you go. Touring. Sharpen your skates. Soon. Get sharpen yeah. your skates. Get them on. They're, they're already they're already ready to go, buddy. 
Uh, that's hilarious. Uh, maybe one day we'd have to have him on the pod. He's a beauty. Um, it's, yeah, it's actually hilarious. Like, you guys are both, uh, you know, your brother's playing pro. You're pumping out albums. It's pretty cool. I mean, you guys are doing pretty cool things. I mean, your, your parents must be proud. Um, when well, I lived- one, one thing, one thing my dad always says, you know, like a lot of people are always like, you know, talk to your dad or whatever. And it's just like, you know, we were very fortunate to have great parents to kind of, you know, to support us through hockey and, and uh, just kind of whatever we wanted to do as long as we work for it and stuff, you know, but um, you know, my dad always just says, he's just, he's just proud that, you know, we're both doing, we're both doing, his sons are both doing things they really love and they're passionate about and they're able to make it a living. Right. And I think that's everyone, you know, that's all, that's the ultimate dream is, you know, it's like kind of not to be too cliche, but uh, you know, do what you love and love what you do. And I think that's, we're, we're very fortunate to have that opportunity. Absolutely. So you, you do love it, eh? The grind of the music, the songwriting, it, it's what you want to do. Oh yeah. Like, like everything. I mean, there's, like I mentioned earlier, there's good days, there's bad days. Um, but I think the the good days, even the great days kind of outnumber the bad ones. Uh, and like the time like COVID, um, you know, can't be selfish, you know, when I have those days, cause there's a lot of people, um, you know, going through this, uh, whether it's a, an athlete, a, an artist, you know, like, I mean, look at the, the amount of people they laid off on like Broadway and like Circus Olay and like, you know, the, any kind of art form is just fucked with COVID right now. And it's even things times, like small yeah. businesses and stuff. Yeah. So it's like, it is what it is. We'll all get through it together. And until then we just kind of got to love the little things and try to, you know, just stay afloat. No, I mean, it's all you can do in some instances. And I mean, just fingers crossed, we get some normality. I don't even like talking about it. I'm just trying, I just keep trying to I act know. like it's going to go back and like and know, sooner man. than hopefully than later. But apart from that, what, what's your goal? Like, I mean, hopefully we can look back at this question in like 20 years and maybe you're some yeah. huge name, but like, what's, what's the, what's the goal from here? Like, where do you want to see yourself in, in 10, 10 so years? Do you, like what, like that's a loaded question. I mean, I don't mean to throw yeah, that at you, but I mean, what are you thinking? Let's, 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 uh, let's push it to five years. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and even then moving forward, you know, just, I would just love to be a household name, not only in country music or rock, just, just in general, you know, just, um, you know, just, just a name that, you know, I know not everyone's going to like it, but it is what it is. That's, that's just the nature of the beast. But, uh, just to be a household name, you know, uh, a, a, an artist, you know, touring on a big tour bus, headlining festivals and, 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 uh, you know, uh, selling out arenas. And of course, um, my end goal is to be able to tour, you know, and play those big arenas and big shows, but ultimately fly myself uh, to those, to those uh, shows in my own plane. And, that's another reason why I'm working on the license. And um, <laughs> that would be hilarious. You're your own <laughs> pilot. <laughs> well, that's, that's the end goal. I always want to be at, like, that's where I was at RMC. I, I was, I was enrolled as a fighter pilot. That's what I always want to do as a kid. So um, I've always had a huge passion for aviation. So it's just one of those things I want to tie in together. North Bay had a, a international air show and concert weekend called the Harris festival. Yeah. And I eventually want to bring that back. And if not only, not only in Canada, but like, possibly in North America. Right. So a weekend of concerts like boots and hearts, but like, you know, during like, you know, it's more like a one to four is a, is an air show. And then like from five to fucking 11 PM, you know, it's, it's a full blown concert, you know, yeah. Friday to Sunday. That'd be wicked. I think it's just be wicked. Yeah. So do you think that you'll be kind of, I mean, you're always going to be traveling for music, but is, is North Bay, the Sturgeon area up there's always going to be kind of home. Do you want to kind of make that your home base? 
I mean, I think so. And you know what? The older the older you get, too. Like I know I'm still still a pup in some 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 people's eyes, but you know, you it comes a time where you kind of want to just kind of settle a little bit. And um, you know, I, I would at the end of the day, I'd love to have something here in North Bay or close to it, and then ultimately like you know Vegas or or Nashville. I guess it it all depends where where things kind of end up. Um, you know, I, I love I love I love Vegas, and not for the gambling or anything. I've never. I'm not even a poker player. I don't do any of that. Just simply the weather, the heat. Mm-hmm. That's a dry heat. And the studio's there, so it'd be awesome just to be able to, like, call Kevin and be like, hey, Kevin, man, let's, let's meet up at fucking 12 and lay this track down, you know. Just a lot easier to work from there. Um, and then, of course, ultimately just, just being home, being close to, being close to mom and dad and, and the family and stuff. So I'd probably the, – the end dream or goal would – be have something here and, and something you know wherever i'm working on whether that be vegas or nashville Unreal. well man that i mean this is exciting i mean i think we've had a pretty good conversation man we've, we've, we've touched some good bases and it's gonna be really exciting to see like where your where this goes and i mean i'm definitely you got a fan here and then hopefully appreciate it buddy a couple of my listeners will start listening i'm sure many of them already do and i mean you got a lot i of hope people. so a lot of people too, I think, have a, a, a fascination with Canadian musicians. I know I sure do, and you want to see them do well. So this is awesome. Yeah, I really appreciate you doing that. Well, I appreciate it, man. We'll we'll do it. Again. How about let's do another one when uh, when COVID's over? Maybe when I'm not back on the road or something. Yeah, hundred percent. Or maybe one day we'll be able to get together in North Bay or something, have a drink or two while we do it. <laughs> why do why, why not a whole case, buddy? Exactly, dude. Thanks so much for doing this. Um, Thank you're the you. man. Uh, hope I'm ho- uh, wishing you well. Hope everyone, your family, friends, everyone's safe and. Uh, I mean, hopefully you one too, day we'll man. be able to see each other soon. Okay, bud? You too, brother. Thanks a lot. Talk soon, Harry. Yeah, thanks, my man. We'll talk soon. My good God, that was joyous and informative, folks. Thank you for Corey Marks for doing that. Corey Marquardt, actually, is his name. He has to go by Corey Marks. A lot of people couldn't say the name correctly, apparently because they are dumb, because they were not educated, because their parents homeschooled them when they were on Zoom. They should have been on Zoom with their teacher. That's why he changed the name. But I actually like that. It's a catchy name. I always wonder how many celebrities have done that, like, Corey Marks, like his name's Corey, so he didn't like he didn't change his name. But I've heard some tales of some pretty crazy celebrity names being derived, and they have absolutely nothing to do with their name. But anyways, that was a fun interview. That was cool. I mean, I love the music stuff. I mean, I, I could I could just talk to musicians all day and just uh, ask them fucking random shit about their day to day, how they make it all happen. I mean, it's so intriguing to me. The thing I've always thought about music that was so wild and just so odd to me is there are so many like we all love music like if you don't listen to music or you don't really like music like you're a fucking weirdo I heard a girl say that to me once. she's like I'm not really into music that much so I don't really care you can put whatever you want in the radio and I'll be just happy and I was like that's a very frightening statement and if I were you I would never open my mouth again but music is something that we all listen to we all enjoy but we don't all play like there's a million of people that love music. They appreciate music. They know oodles of history of the musicians they love. They're very into their, I guess, their social lives, whatever. But they don't play music. They don't have to play it. Like, I don't know. A lot of people watch sports. They don't play and all that kind of thing. But music is that thing that's unanimously around us. We're always immersed into it. And no one fucking barely plays it in terms of probably a percentage. There's a lot of people... More people not really playing music than there are, I'm sure. Um, yeah, it's weird. It's weird. And I also find that very weird because, I mean, 
it's so much easier to learn music now than ever before. Like you're not playing. Imagine like I often think of trying to learn the guitar back in the day. If you didn't have a guitar teacher, you're probably like rewinding your eight track with a pencil and trying to like hear the part of the solo again. And you're trying to like guess and you're like playing it at the same time, like trying to hear if it sounds right. Like how fucking wild would that have been? That would have taken your entire Saturday. But now we're lucky enough that we have cell phones that we can look at instead and we can feel connected to the world that way. And we don't actually have to work on any skills because we have cell phones. We're just going to sit there and we're going to talk on them all day. It's actually really convenient because we can hide from ourselves and we don't have to work on ourselves. We can just be wherever we want to be on our cell phones. It's really sweet. It's really sweet. Uh, don't know where the fuck uh, that came from, but it, sometimes it, it just needs to be said, folks. I, I really enjoyed that, though. That was a good time. That was a good time. Uh, we're looking to just keep, I want to just spice it up. I've just started really cold calling people and asking them to come on. And I like that. Uh, very hard to interview people though, when you can't see their faces, I find, you know, you can't really interject. Like you don't know when to start asking a question because, you know, you don't have those cues from seeing them in front of you. So it's, it's a little different, but uh, I mean, COVID will end. I'm going to one day have an absolute huge studio, like a spaceship and people are just going to want to come to it. It's going to be really cool. It's gonna be really cool. Um, I often think, um, I don't know if I have a direction in life and it's actually hilarious. Like I, I got a lot of things I want to do, but like, I just still like someone could come up to me tomorrow and pitch me a really good idea. And I could just totally change my career. Like if someone came tomorrow and sold me on neuroscience somehow, there's a chance that I could just want to become a neuroscientist tomorrow and just go that direction. I'm very um, easily malleable at the moment. I just got, I'm a Jack of all trades. I'm a master of literally none of them. I don't think, but I mean, is that a good thing? I heard a lot of people say that if you don't have a goal for your destination or a destination or a goal in mind or if it's concrete, you know, you're never going to get there. But you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to keep motherfucking grinding, baby. And I'm just going to go where that steam locomotive takes me, baby. I'm going to go, whoop, whoop. I mean, sometimes I really want to just get, I want to dive right into the content side of things. I'd love to become an actor. I always think I could be an actor. One day I'm going to just randomly audition for something. That'd be sweet. I also, I definitely want to take this podcast seriously. I want to keep growing it, um, which is hard to do when you have the social media ability of a 55-year-old from Wyoming, but that's what I have. So it's tough. I made an Instagram. I made it yesterday. It looks hilarious. I haven't followed anyone on it. No one's followed me and I have zero posts. So it's a good start. Um, we're going to work on it from there, but like, do you, you know what I mean? Like, what do you, what's the avenue? Like there's so, everyone's getting so bombarded with content. Like, is it just annoying for me? Like, do I follow a bunch of people on the Instagram, like, and expect them to follow me back? Or do I just like go the route of like following no one and hoping that I have a really good ratio, but then in that stance, no one's going to follow me at all. So it's tough. It's really tough. I don't know how to go about this. Um, the social media thing I'm not good at and I'm, I'm trying to figure it out, I'm trying to be good at the podcasting thing and uh, I'm just going to keep grinding. Okay. But I guess what I was saying is I just, we're going to go for it. Um, I would love to also part from the podcasting thing. I've also thought about being, I want to be an entrepreneur. I'd like to start my own businesses. I'd love to have my own company. I think that's so honorable run your own business. I think it's, if you're not playing, I like doing, I feel like I have a competitive bone in my body and that if you're not going to play sports, what's more competitive than trying to run a business? That's the way I look at it. Like, how competitive is that? Like, trying to, like, set yourself up in the real world and get people to buy what you're offering. Like, provide value to someone to a point that they would exchange their funds for your services and or product. That's really cool to me. You could provide work for people. You're giving people employment opportunities. There's a lot there that I enjoy. What direction that'll be, I don't know. 
I always toy with the idea of uh, a restaurant. I've toyed with that a lot. Me and a good friend of mine are talking about that. There's things that intrigue me with that right now. I mean, there's a lot of opportunity. It's a terrifying time for the restaurant industry, but I mean, there's things like occupancy rates in downtowns, like Calgary, for example, fucking, I don't know the exact number. There's got to be 30% occupancy rate in that place. A lot of empty buildings, a lot of places flipping. And I know restaurant industry has the worst, probably percentage of like the worst failure rate. I mean, it was 80, it was 80% to begin with probably 10 years ago. Got to imagine it's even higher now. Um, that's anything. Nothing's a guarantee. You got to put, you got to dive in there. It's sink or fucking swim. And I I think that'd be a dream of mine. I'm going to build a a restaurant. It's going to be not necessary. It's got to be new. It's got to be something different. Um, Every restaurant that we enjoy, I don't know if anyone's noticed in the last decade is the exact same. It's, it's dark inside. It's, uh, it's dark colors. It's, it's exposed brickwork on the walls. It's um, lights hanging with no thing but a string. It's free hanging lights. It's dark. It's it's woody. It's trendy. It's new school. It's they all are the exact same. There's a lot of similarities to the places that we are enjoying right now, especially in Calgary. Uh, that goes for Toronto too. Like a lot of these places, they're all the fucking same. They're not a lot of diver- like diversity. I, I guess a lot of difference between them. I'm gonna create a place gonna be crazy man there may be, is there gonna be live music i think there should be there should be live music i want it to have a stage and um every night could be something different there could be a stand-up comedy night that would be hilarious we could make like a comedy club in calgary but it's not strictly a comedy club you know it's still catering to all of the masses the people great food great music great f- drink i want it to be like not like a country saloon tavern style but i like not a honky tonk I just got a vision for this place, man, but it's gonna be it's gonna be unique, and I think that would be really fun to start. Greasy industry to get into, though. I mean, you got to imagine if you're starting a restaurant as an owner and you want to be involved, like you got to be there every day for like a decade. Very scary industry too, because that's a, that's an industry. There's there's some shady people. People take advantage of people in the restaurant industry. There's a lot of smart shady people that are in the restaurant industry i'm not calling that out I just as a person that has worked a lot in the industry you see that you see, there's a certain type of person that works in that industry and they are sometimes smart oftentimes they are not but many of there's there are those shady people that are around there and and, and that's a worry because it, you, it's a very easy thing you know the guy puts his mouth under the tap and just pulls it for 20 seconds when no one's looking. You don't see it on camera and he's hammered and he's drinking your booze at work. It, there's a lot of things to think about. But that's something I'm thinking about right now. That'd be really cool. Restaurant owner, entrepreneur. I mean, one day I'd love to just be so part of so many businesses that you're just getting paid by a bunch of them. That's the dream, right? That's the fucking dream. So we'll see. I mean, I don't know what the fuck I'm even talking about, but... A lot of plans for that. A lot of plans for this show. A lot of plans for this life, folks. I mean, we, we all got to have them. Get out there. Get Do what you want to do. Um, apart from that, though, this has been really fun. I'm going to shut her off there. Uh, I'm recording this on Sunday as I, as I do this. It is uh, just after 5 o'clock. Um, usually, I just send it over to Don's, and he just does a little bit of maneuverage, and he flips it over for me, and I barely even listen to it again. I just kind of press send and let it go, let it fly. Um, this has been fun, folks. I'm really enjoying it. Um, I really hope that you can help me create this into something. I, I don't want this show to, to slow down. I want it to speed up and I, I need some help. I need some follows. Go check out the new Instagram page. Check out my, uh, the email, send me an email, get me, get in touch with me 
And uh, I'm going to figure this out, folks. The show's going to just keep growing. Thank you so much for listening to the project, folks. This is episode 14. This was Corey Mark's interview. This was a good time. We're going to talk more. We're going to talk soon. I'm thinking of all of you. If you're listening to this, I hope you are well wherever you are at in this great, gracious earth that we call home, folks. Thank you so much. Episode 14. Bye for now.